Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors of Strategy Page discuss current events with a splash of history. I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk. With me today is the editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author and game designer, Jim Dunnigan. Also joining us is the associate editor of Strategy Page, columnist and author, Austin Bay. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Thought we'd talk a little bit about Turkey and Syria. Uh, things have been sort of uh, mushrooming over there, uh, especially with the United States saying that they're going to withdraw. What's the situation, Jim? Well, the Turks are advancing on two fronts, so to speak. Uh, they have one offensive in uh, Raqqa province. That's the on the Euphrates River, east of the Euphrates River. Uh, they're hitting a village that has been held by the uh, Kurds for, oh, geez, about three or four years um, and uh, they're you know it's hard to get any details they were supposed to be using the uh, the, the free Sur- the free what free Syrian free Syrian army a, a somewhat uh, sectarian you know group of rebels that have gone over to the the Turks for safety if nothing else um, in the east far to the east uh, they're attacking another town, which is uh, securely in Hasaka province. That's the province that has pr- always been ma- mainly Kurdish and has been like the Kurdish, uh, the Syrian Kurdish homeland, as it were. Uh, the uh, What's apparently happening is the, the, uh, the, the FCF, that's the Kurdish Defense Forces, uh, they have uh, they have pulled their main forces back from the border. The Turks are apparently about 20 kilometers in. That's about 12 miles uh, into Syria now. Uh, they always professed that they were going to basically establish a security zone uh, all the way to the Iraq border, uh, uh, 20 kilometers south of the Syrian border, in order to keep out the terrorists. Uh, the Turks have always maintained that the YPG, those are the uh, the Syrian Kurdish separatists, uh, uh, they consider them terrorists, they consider them allies of the PKK, which are the, uh, the Turkish Kurdish separatists. Uh, that's always been, you know, there had been a connection between the YPG and the PKK, but the uh, it's it's little always been a little murky about exactly how much the y, uh, the YPG was attacking Turks. They were mon- they had their hands full with the Assads, who were also after them. Uh, the Assads were not <laughs> were not reluctant to use anybody they could to further their goals, uh, and uh, they have played the YPG against the Turks and the Turks against you know the YPG and anybody else caught in the middle. Uh, the Assads are complaining they want they don't want that they want the Turks out, but they also want the uh, the Kurds uh, subordinated you know to somebody else, mainly Syria. Uh, so right now it's fluid, apparently. The SDF is not employing any of their American weapons. They have uh, surface-to-air missiles. They have the Javelin anti-tank missiles. They have some stuff that could cause the Turks some serious damage, even though the, the Turks have upgraded their tanks to make them more resistant to anti, you know, anti-tank-guided missiles, which have already cost them about, mm, I think, five or six of their, their modern Leopard II tanks they bought from uh, Germany as Cold War surplus in the 1990s. But they also have some older M- uh, the older M60 American tanks. Uh, and they lost more of those. And they lost a lot of, you know, uh, uh, smaller armored vehicles. And they don't want to lose a lot of armored vehicles. They don't, and, and, uh, uh, Especially, they don't want to lose a lot of uh, Turkish soldiers. 
the uh, the Turkish people, as much as they back their government in fighting the Kurdish separatists, uh, they're particularly upset about any Tur- Turkish troops getting killed inside of Syria. Very few have been killed. Most of the ground fighting in um, in uh, Syria has been done by the the Free Syrian Army, the uh, you know the rebels who are allied now with the. Uh, uh, with the Turks, they used to be allied with the Americans, but they we found them untrustworthy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the Kurds hired them. The Turks hired them basically when the FSA was up against the wall. You know, when ISIL was reigning supreme and killing anybody in sight, as it were. Uh, so the FSA are basically the mercenaries for the Syrian mercenaries for the Turks, and they have nowhere else to go. Assad doesn't like them. Uh, and of course, the uh, all the Islamic terrorists don't like them. Uh, the Kurds don't like them, so they don't want to lose a lot of people. But they haven't got much choice. Uh, the, uh, the the Kurds are hoping for some sort of international intervention. Uh, who God knows from who, but they haven't got any international friends right now. In fact, the only friend they have is the Americans, even though. We basically pulled our last troops out. They were basically the tripwire that was keeping the Kurds from coming in because the last thing they wanted was a, a war or a battle or a skirmish between between two NATO allies. Uh, and that's what they would have gotten if they basically had hurt any American troops. Some have been hurt, but you know, none deliberately by a Turkish invasion. Uh, the Kurds are downplaying their unhappiness with the United States, uh, we have told them. I mean, we have pulled our troops steadily out of uh, the uh, the Kurdish area, um, and we supported them, you know, uh, pretty vigorously when they were fighting ISIL in uh, in Raqqa, the city of Raqqa, which was the uh, ISIL capital. Uh, but at the same time, the Kurds basically fought that campaign. They commanded that campaign, and they basically made deals that we wouldn't make. In other words, they wouldn't negotiate with terrorists. When it when it came to the final battle inside of Raqqa, despite the uh, assistance they had from the American Air Force and and uh, battery of Marine artillery, which literally wore out their gun barrels firing smart shells, you know, GPS guided shells, uh, in support of the Kurds. The Kurds basically made a deal allowing the ISIL to pull out their remaining forces out of uh, Raqqa, and so they lost fewer people. They, As it were, they lost thousands of dead, you know, uh, taking Raqqa and pushing the, uh, the Kurds out. Now they have locked up in prisons. They have several thousand ISIL fighters and tens of thousands of uh, ISIL dependents, you know, wives, widows, and children of ISIL fighters, uh, past and present, and uh, they've been they've been they've been crying for months, uh, for a year that we need some help with these people. We cannot afford. I mean, the the Americans have helped with you know paying for the maintenance of the camps and what have you, but the Tur- Tur- the Kurds have had to supply the manpower. And now Al Baghdadi, the head of ISIL, recently released a audio message on the internet where he basically called upon all ISIL members available in Syria to plan and carry out a, a prison break, as it were, to get the fighters free and to rescue the women and children. You know, women and children, you always invoke that when you're desperate. Um, and um, 
and the Kurds were concerned about that. But now <laughs> they just as soon abandon those camps to the Turks. They're talking about that. Well, you you got uh, you you're invading us, so you can have the you can have the ISIL prisoners, and you be responsible for them. Uh, the Turks, I don't know, they're in a bad situation. Uh, the Erdogan, the uh, the Islamic you know leader of Turkey, is uh, is down in the polls, as it were. And uh, one thing he was popular for with most. Turks was his, uh, how should I put it, his violent response to any terrorism by the PKK inside of uh, Turkey. There's been less of that, and the Turks have been going after the uh, the PKK, who have been still continuing to hide out in camps in northern Iraq. Now, <clears throat> the, the Iraqi Kurds have always been more cooperative with the Turks. There, there were, there were never, there was never any animosity. The um, uh, the Iraqi Kurds didn't have a reputation for uh, supporting PKK, for carrying out any uh, attacks against uh, Turks. So the Turks cut them some slack. But that means that they've, they've been regularly, you know, for the last three or four years, uh, Turkish F-16s carrying out airstrikes in northern Iraq, uh, mostly in isolated areas where PKK had been setting up, you know, bases and camps. Uh, the majority of these are mountains so far to the east where the borders of Iran, uh, Turkey, and Iraq intersect. Uh, again, this is a fairly uh, uninhabited area. Uh, it's easy to pick out who the bad guys are. Um, and the Kurds have pulled their people out, any people they had in there, and they just let the uh, the PKK and the uh, and the Turks fight it out. That's still ongoing. I mean, it's basically a mountainous, forested area. There's plenty of plenty of places to hide. Uh, the Turks have some ground troops uh, in there right now. They've lost some of them to ambushes and what have you. These are special forces guys, basically following up on airstrikes to see if they can get any documents or prisoners and, and what have you. The PKK is on the run, but they're not beaten. They're far from that. Uh, they're still intact inside of uh, Turkey, eastern Turkey, but they've basically gone underground, and and uh, the, the Kurds, the Turks, have been very careful in trying to root them out. Uh, if they're too, if they're too vigorous, they antagonize the uh, basically pro-Turkey Kurds. There's a lot of Kurds who would prefer to live and let live, get a little autonomy, and forget about this this uh, Kurdish state. Because to establish a Kurdish state, and this has always been the problem, you basically have to take a lot of real estate from Turkey, Iran, Iraq, and Syria. So you've got four major enemies right there. During the Cold War, it was impossible because, you know, uh, Syria was hooked up with the Russians. Uh, well, so was Iraq, actually. Uh, the Iranians, you know, were basically very uh, up upset about giving up any territory to anybody. Uh, and it, the Kurds, of course, were our allies. So uh, most Kurds, apparently, they won't admit this openly, but I've spoken, you know, privately with some oh, for years now, back before the Cold War even ended. <clears throat> I've had some come after me for what we said in uh, How to Make uh, the Quick and Dirty God to Wars. And uh, Austin may have also <laughs> had some conversations with Kurds. But anyway, they will admit one on one that, yeah, it's an impossible situation, but it's basically what keeps the Kurdish you know, people going that someday, somehow, we will have our own state. Where, who the hell knows? Uh, in that respect, 
fact, the Kurds have always got along well with the with Israelis for for many reasons. One of which being they they, they really haven't got a home they can call their own. The uh, so it's it's unclear exactly how this battle is going to turn out. If the if the uh, if the if the Turks get in deep and they start taking heavy losses to the main line SDF forces who are who are basically abandoned the two towns that are that are under attack. Uh, and defended basically by they said, hey, lo- the local militia. And they said, look, you guys do what you can, but you know uh, we we cannot stand, we cannot make our stand here so close to the border, uh, and uh, we're going to pull back. And uh, and they understand that. Pull them further into Hasaka and Raqqa province uh, area, long held by the uh, the Kurds, where they have camps, where they have caches of ammunition. They know the terrain, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then chew up the Kurds. You know where they can least uh, they're least able to uh, to basically defend themselves. The Turks are aware of that. So I mean, this, these are big question marks. Uh, this has been going on for three days. It's likely to go on for three, three weeks or three months. And in the meantime, the Kurds are going to be. Uh, they know how to work the media. They got people running around with their cell phones, broadcasting. You know, uh, dead civilians. You know, fleeing civilians, uh, dead Turks. You know, those are the, those are the money shots. Um, and uh, you know the drill. Uh, <laughs> uh, Trump, of course, always said, "I'm going to get our troops out of these places that are, you know, basically forever wars." And now he's doing it. Now he's got political opposition. He didn't know he had even in his own party. But that's normal. Um, I think the majority of Americans say, yeah, you know, we're going to go to war with the Turkey and, and all these other countries, you know, for the Kurds, forget it. Uh, I mean, when you get down to when you get down to it, uh, we cannot afford another war. Another war is never popular. Another war was, was never popular. There was criticism of, of setting up the autonomous Iraqi uh, Kurdistan in northern Iraq in the early 1990s. But at that point, everybody hated uh, Saddam more than they hated, you know, uh, an autonomous um uh, uh, Kurdish area, and there were some radicalized uh, Kurds up there, and they were quickly wiped out. Uh, we reported on that in strategy page early on. Uh, yeah, they were some. They were they were aberrations, as it were, and they are long since deceased, and none have risen up to re- to replace them. If you want to be a radical, you go fight with the RPG, but they're not Islamic radicals. The Kurds were never big time Muslims. Uh, they they won't say that out loud. Uh, they got enough enemies, but if you, you press them, they say, well, that was forced upon us. Uh, and that's why you get the Yazidis. These are sort of uh, heretical Muslims who are Kurds. <laughs> and uh, and they are they are basically considered, uh, you know, um, uh, heathens, uh, you know, uh, heretics uh, by all Muslims. Uh, but the Kurds still consider them Kurds. And they say, you know, good on you for for fighting more than you really should as a sane Kurd, but what the hell. The uh, So, you know, situation normal. I doubt if this is going to blow back on the Iraqi Kurds, so it's not going to spread there. Uh, the PKK, they keep their heads down because they've been they, they, they taking a beating for the last two years since they, they revved up the uh, you know the war. They had a truce for a while with the, the, the Turks, but nobody expected that to last. Uh, now, you know, uh, you know I, I think we're going to find out just how serious most Americans were, and the majority of Americans have been, historically, by the way, where most of us are descended from people who are getting away from foreign wars, uh, uh, about getting people out of Afghanistan, 
them, which is different because, you know, the drugs are still there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Iraq, of course, the Iraqis don't want us to leave because, again, tripwire, protect us from the Iranians. Uh, for the moment, that's convenient, mutually convenient. Uh, but Syria was supposed to be a 30-day mission. We've heard that before, right? We have, what was it, a three-month mission in the Balkans? We're still there. Um and the Serbs are buying all kinds of weapons from the Chinese and the Russians, so that it's not over yet. Uh, so there we are, Austin. Well, uh, let, let me just uh, discuss one little bit. Yeah, uh, the, the Yazidis are are really <laughs> they're Kurds, pre-Islamic religion. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I was they're, say, they're they would give you know, in to the Muslims. Yeah, that's even though, even though the Kurds are predominantly Sunni uh, Muslims, uh, the uh, the religion, and actually Jim and I cover this in at least one of the uh, versions of a quick and dirty guide to war, and may have been a a, a couple. A couple of them. They, they it, it must have been worship. a really one because I remember getting phone calls from some Kurds in California. Basically, you know, back then you would take and return these phone calls, uh, and they were basically asking about you know if I got my numbers right with the Kurds, and we had a friendly discussion, et cetera, et cetera. But that was my first inclination that they realized that they're up the creek without too much of a paddle. Well, it, we it, there was a period. Too. Now, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna get on and talk about the, this buffer zone that the Turks are trying to carve out um, operationally, strategically, whatever. Uh, yeah, there was a time, Dan, in some of the early days of Strategy Page, where I would get emails from Greeks accusing Strategy Page of favoring Turkey, and then I'd get <laughs> emails. Yeah. From Turks accusing Strategy Page of favoring the Kurds. That's a no uh, situation. I, I wish I'd saved uh, some of those. There weren't, you know, there was enough to that. It was even something that I mentioned uh, to, to some of my uh, students when I was teaching that class at the University of, uh, of Texas. In part is because I said that the Kurds have uh, a case there. They are uh, a, a, an ethnic group with long roots. Uh, they they show up in Xenophon's Anabasis uh, as the uh, I probably mispronounce it, but the, the the thing is is in the the Greek it's the the, the sees the hard K Kiarde and the and the Kurds say that's us. Uh, some uh, Kurds ambush the retreating Greek uh, mercenaries when they cross the uh, Upper Tigris, and then of course that mercenary group, the 10,000 that Xenophon's uh, leading, battled them back uh, and busted their way through what is now eastern Turkey all the way up to, uh, at the time, Trebizond. It's called Trabzon now. But <clears throat> they, they're they there. And as Jim described, though, they are caught <laughs> in uh, between Iranians, Turks, now, Syria is the one place, Arabs, let's say that, that's, there's uh, Iraq and, and parts of Syria, but remember, Syria is the Levant, and that's a collection of all kinds of, uh, of little uh, ethnic groups. And, and the reason I'm, I'm taking the time to, to, to tell this, uh, this story uh, is that the, the, the Kurds have legitimate issues about their mistreatment, absolute damnable mistreatment in Syria 
by the Assads. Uh, they've also been used, they were used by the Russians, the PKK, Kurdistan Workers Party. Uh, Jim didn't give you the translation of it, but that's what it is. It was, it was a Marxist outfit, and they started a war really in 82, but deadly in 1984 in southeastern Turkey. And was one of the, you know, the Kremlin's, uh, you know, stick it in the side of a NATO, uh, a NATO nation. And they used Iraq. It was, it's the Condale Mountain area in northeastern Iraq. I've flown over it twice. Never been down in there. But it's just rugged and fissured. And uh, it's in that corner between uh, Iran and Turkey in northeastern Iraq. And that's where they uh, – Saddam aided them. Also, remember, who is still – the uh, the Assad regime is still a Russian client, and they cooperated with supplying uh, supplying weapons uh, both to the PKK and yes, there were PKK cadres operating in northeastern Syria, and at the with with the Assads protecting them. So when the Turks come and say. Hey, YPG, which, as Jim said, there it's it's hazy now. There are a lot of Syrian Kurds who their real enemy is the Assads. But you go back and and look at the way that PKK war, the Kurd war, as we called it uh, on strategy page, and, and called it that in 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 the Quick and Dirty Guide to uh, the War series. Now I know we didn't go online till 1999, but it was still going on even though after the collapse of the Soviet Union, in part because Saddam was feeding it. Uh, by the way, there is another Kurd uh, guerrilla force, uh, a political party, the PJAC, and that is the Iranian Kurds. That was also uh, used by the, the Russians. It's pretty much, pretty much moribund. But what I understand too. Now let's let's go to the the incursion that the that the Turks are, are conducting. It, I, this is more than the incursion type uh, raids and operations that they would conduct in northern Iraq at the uh, uh, at the height of the uh, Kurd War. Even though the Turks had a more or less permanent base in northern Iraq. In the late uh, late 1990s, I remember there was a picture of uh, of uh, a bunch of M60A3 tanks, uh, less than a company that was photographed inside uh, northern Iraq. But in in mid to late 2011, uh, Erdogan uh, started floating the idea of a buffer zone along the. Uh, on the other side of the uh, of the Turkey Syria border, because of the waves of Syrian refugees that were already pouring into Turkey, plus there were occasional shots taken by Assad's forces at uh, targets, people, not all of them fleeing Syrians once they were inside Turkey, and uh, the Obama administration was very wary of it. 2012, I remember with some clarity because there was a, we've got a couple of posts about it. Erdogan is, is threatening uh, to do that on behalf of Turkey, and he's also pointing to something here. Uh, Erdogan is one of my least favorite characters uh, because of the way he's savaged the, the, the Kemalist uh, 
Kemal state there in in, uh, in in Turkey. But nevertheless, Turkey had a legitimate point with this because already there were about three million Syrians, Syrian refugees in Turkey. Turkey paid, yes, there was some UN money, there was money from elsewhere in Europe, but a lot of that came out of Turkey's budget to help take care of many of those people. Now, the wealthier Syrians, many of them moved to Antakya, which is Antioch. It's that little sand jack that uh, hooks down uh, the, the uh, Mediterranean coast. It's part of Turkey. And th- there was a huge I – mean, it, it had become essentially uh, uh, an Arab – wealthier Arab uh, uh, refugee city. But let's say they're taking care of themselves. That wasn't the case in all of these uh, large uh, refugee camps on, on the Turkish side of the border. Now we're up to about 2013, 2014, and that the civil war, the mess as Jim calls it, (laughs) continues in Syria. uh, With and and the Assads have survived thanks uh, to their uh, liege lords, (laughs) the uh, the Russians. That's they've kept them uh, uh, kept them in the game. ISIS, yeah. President Trump uh, overstates it in the tweets. ISIS is not has not totally disappeared, but my goodness, compare what limited places, you know, little spa- uh, little dots that don't don't even show up on the on the map uh, really in in eastern Syria and um, uh, compared to what they were when they had their caliphate uh, from the middle of mid uh, 2014 on, on until uh, the, you know, 2016 when the Iraqis began their uh, long uh, uh, counteroffensive they the uh, ISIS is no longer a state like player it's it's back into uh, a, a, a terrorist cult which is what what bore it uh, uh, anyway they're not totally off the map but for all practical purposes, as a as a as a force in Syria or Iraq, they're extremely extremely limited. Now you get down to the Kurds, YPG. Are they with the PKK now? Um, my own. Now this is my speculation, but this comes from you know reading and understanding the uh, uh, the relationships. I don't see much connection. Anymore, I might be called, uh, you know, get an angry email from the um, uh, Turkish foreign ministry saying, "You you don't see our intelligence." No, I don't. But uh, the du- direct relationship, remember, it's been severed because the YPG's been fighting the Assads, and the Assads are the ones who manu- helped help massage and manufacture the the uh, connectivity between Syrian Kurds. And uh, the, the Turkish Kurds uh, in the separatists in the uh, uh, PKK under the aegis of the Russians uh, uh, as well. Uh, how deep is Turkey going to go? I, I can remember the discussions in 2012. Turkey talked about 20 kilometers, 20 to 25 kilometers, as as for this buffer zone. Where would it be? Well, they wanted it to run all the way to uh, the Iraqi uh, border then. Jim mentioned that is 
one of the possible goals out of this current operation. Turkish forces have, certainly their special forces, have operated deeper inside uh, inside Syria than 20, 25 uh, 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 kilometers. But uh, their issue is if they go that deep, how do they defend this buffer zone? Uh, it's going to take a lot of ground forces. Maybe the Turks have made the decision that it's it's worth it. Part of the drive on that is that Erdogan talks about Syrian refugees moving back into Syria. In other words, moving the camps from the Turkish side to the Syrian side. Uh, and that, in other words, now he's got Syrians uh, who are part of the buffer zone. Note two that one of the things he floated uh, over the weekend, telling the uh, European Union and uh, Eastern, Central, Western European nations that you need to support us is you want another wave of refugees? Because we're tired of, uh, of being, we're, the Turkey's tired of being the buffer. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm an apologist for Erdogan. <laughs> You've got to see where the, you know, the political and economic issues are uh, uh, and, and, and recognize that there's, just like the Kurds have some legitimacy, <laughs> there's Ankara's policies have some raison d'etre uh, 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 as well. Now, as for the U.S., most of the coverage has been, you know, this criticism of Trump and the sellout of the Kurds uh, uh, and the like. But I read one of Trump's tweets, and I'm you know, the worst thing in the world I know, Dan, is to try to <laughs> try to paraphrase a tweet. I don't have it in in front of me, but he says, you know, U.S. choices are to try to win it militarily, or. Uh, uh, basically, uh, support Turkey, but also uh, you, you could, if if Turkey commits a, a massacre, penalize Turkey economically. Those are actually, if you 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 if you do the research on them and, and and think them through, and his own kind of you know direct blunt, let's talk at a barbecue. You know, we're talking, you know, shooting the bullet a barbecue way. Trump's actually set out something about U.S. policy there. Um, what is our footprint in Syria right now? Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we have on any given day somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200, uh, 1,200 troops. But in that immediate area with the YPG, it was mostly special forces and maybe 150. Isn't that correct? Yeah, my understanding was we no. have people over by the Iraqi border. Yeah, that's where mainly, our biggest which is mainly anti-Iran type. Yeah. But the ones we had up at the front, we were supposed to be running joint uh, patrols uh, in the in the areas that the Turks have now invaded. And as long as those American troops were there, whether they were patrolling with the Kurds, the Trip Turks or not, yeah, uh, they they were a vulnerability for the Turks. They have apparently been withdrawn. And that's yep. basically what gave the uh, the uh, Turks the, the red light. You're right. The, 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 the Turks will not go anywhere where there are fellow NATO troops. Uh, they want to hang on to that NATO you know, connection. I don't know why or how they're going to do it, buying all the weapons from the Russians, et cetera, et cetera. Be that as it may, they don't want to give up their NATO card, even though it's frayed. Uh, and uh, that's apparently what... what 
Trump told him, he says, look, you know, we're not going to go to war with you uh, over the Kurds. Uh, we basically just are concerned with ISIL. And as far as, you know, apparently as far as the United States is concerned now, uh, unlike Afghanistan, there are plenty of interested parties in and adjacent to Syria no who kidding. have a keen interest in destroying any ISIL you know, uh, infestation. So why should Americans get involved in it? We did the heavy lifting. We sent in Marine artillery. We sent in special forces, you know, forward observers. We put our guys at risk. You know, thousands of aircraft sorties. Uh, You would not have been able to smash ISIL without American support. Russia did very little. The the Assad's did very little. The Turks did very little. So we, the Kurds mainly, us in support, did the heavy lifting to basically reduce ISIL to its reduced, uh, you know, straits, as it were, it is in today. But basically, Americans, Trump points out correctly, this is another one of those things that Americans get ticked off about. The government says, oh, we're only going to be there 30 days, three months, what have you. And, you know, years later, we're still there. I think he's correct that most Americans are fed up with that. If nothing else, it's a, it's a bold lie. You can't trust any government in the United States saying, well, we're only going to be there for a short period of time, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, your nose is getting bigger. Don't you notice that? Uh, the, um, and, uh, uh, you know, this was, this was an easy call as far as I'm concerned. You know, the work had been done. The Kurds have been warned. I mean, these special forces, these guys speak Kurdish and what have you. They've been living with these guys. They know the culture. They ask them point, the, the Kurds ask them point blank, and they say, look, let me explain how it is in America. And the Kurds can understand that. A lot of them have Kurdish, you know, kin in the United States. They get on the phone to them and say, what do you think? I says, the Americans aren't going to go to war with Turkey for Kurds. Well, uh, look, Jim, let me make the, the counter to that, though. And it, I'm... I'm now repeating an answer I gave at a talk last, uh, well, earlier this year. It was a, it was at a book signing and at a for a businessman's group uh, uh, here in in Central Texas. A fellow who had, uh, I think he he told me he'd he'd done eight years in the uh, in the army. Asked the question about. How long are we staying in Afghanistan and, okay, sort of Syria? And I asked him, you ever pulled guard duty? I knew damn well he had, and he says, of <laughs> course, you know. And I said, it, it can be very, very boring, can it? And also be very dangerous, right? And, oh, yeah. And I said, to some degree, presence really does have uh, a stabilizing effect. And now that, that's why, you know, you basically said that too, Jim. Here's a, an American presence. Uh-oh, uh, you may get the jump on these uh, the Green Berets. Or and Look, we, we had part of an armored cavalry regiment for a while on the Syrian-Iraq border, and I think there was some 1st Infantry uh, artillery in there replacing the Marines, whatever, uh, when we were uh, rotating them. You may, you may get the jump on these uh, American Marines or soldiers, but you might get a B-52 back, uh, and that's I'm not I'm not talking about the the low level whack job. I'm talking about just you moved uh, up the chain of the command where the the uh, organizations where the, you've got these uh, operatives who are or commanders who have a better appreciation of what uh, American firepower uh, can be. Now I'm only look. I'm just stating the 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 contra to it is is that. 
it does have a, a stabilizing force, and it does look like an, 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 an endless war. Where Trump is, this is what I, I think he's up to, Jim. You basically said this. He's articulating something that a lot of Americans feel, and he's saying, I'm the president, and I, I acknowledge it. At the same time, you know, it, it, it steps on oh, bureaucracies in Washington, and then we see all the uh, <coughs> the kind of critical press coverage that that have gone uh, gone on in the last six or seven days let me let me make one other comment too because Jim mentioned you know separatist or independent Kurdistan this has been studied the Kurds were actually promised uh, uh, a uh, independent Kurdistan after World War one in the Treaty of Sevres it's wiped out by the Treaty of Lausanne which uh, is renegotiation after the uh, Turkish revolution. And uh, therefore they feel cheated. There's a legitimate point. Hey, we were pro, uh, you know, we were promised that we didn't get it. Uh, We get along fine with some Iraqi Arabs. We don't get along well with the Iranians, the Persians never have kind of get along well with the Turks. I'm not talking about the PKK. As a matter of fact, right now, some of the senior leaders in the Republican People's Party, which is the Kemalist Party, the opposition to er- Erdogan's uh, AKP, are the, 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 some of the senior leaders happen to be Kurds. Uh, they're, uh, they buy off on Turkey's democratic structure. And one of the reasons they oppose Erdogan is that, you know, he's an egotist and he wants to be a sultan, with, hence his nickname, Sultan Rajib, which is that's, that really is a, a heavy duty put down on him because it, it, and it, it riles him. And as you know, if you rile him and you're a journalist, you risk going to uh, going to jail. So there are, there are a number of Kurds that that are see themselves as Turkish citizens, but that's also in a, in a secular state. And some of Erdogan's, well, he, he enjoys the fruits of a secular state. Jim all but, all but said that. Secular state, secularist Muslims, even though he says he's a political Islamist, uh, they like being part of NATO. They like having uh, friendly relations with the United States for a, lot of, uh, for, for a lot of reasons. And we've been a good ally to Turkey over the years. Turkey's been a good ally with the United, uh, with the United States until Erdogan, as Jim said, hey, we're going to buy a bunch of Russian weapons. Why? Is, Jim, you're more uh, informed on this. Is the S-400 substantially better than Patriot Pac-3? No. I didn't think so. Is it substantially cheaper? Based on track, it's never been tried in combat. Exactly. It's never been, uh, you know, none of their weapons have performed up to to their, basically, you know, uh, brochures. Works. The Pac-3 works. Just ask the Saudis, you know. Exactly. And uh, it's 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 battle tested, and uh, they the, the Turks have lost out of the F-35, and I read. You know, it's English language uh, uh, version of, of some of the uh, uh, big uh, Turkish newspapers in Istanbul and Ankara. And when that those contracts were being floated, that was a very big deal among Turkish aviation. We're going to get a piece of the F-35. By darn, you know, and, and they're quite competent manufacturers. They don't have that piece now. And uh, who's, who's at fault? 
my my book, it's Erdogan. I know, Dan, this is kind of getting off of, off of Syria, but all of this kind of is is in the fabric of what what just the, the continuing mess. Not in what what, what Jim said, but it's uh, it's an opaque mess in many ways. So, yeah, what Erdogan doesn't want to admit is that the YPG was willing and actually have made it agreed. To, to basically behave like the Iraqi yes. Kurds. I, I should have had a, you're right. They, yeah. they, and and the, look, the Iraqi Kurds, uh, again, they had have, have had good relations with uh, the Turks. An independent Kurdistan would, would have somewhere between 30 and 50 billion barrels of oil, probably more given the uh, enhanced recovery techniques. They, they'd be able to make some money. But you know how they'd get it out? They're not going to ship it through Syria. They'll go up and hit that. <laughs> the, 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 no, the pipelines run, the run, run, run across through Turks. And, yeah. it, and, it, go, and it goes to, uh, it, uh, I forget the actual name of the oil port, but it's near Iskenderun, on, you know, Alexandretta on the, uh, 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 on, in, uh, on, on the Mediterranean. Yeah, but That's don't, how don't, they do it. Don't, that, don't. Yeah, but don't forget don't forget the historical angle here too, which you pointed out, is that northern Iraq, where the Kurds are, used to be part of metropolitan, you know, the heartland of Turkey. There was the Turkish Empire, which contained contained most of what is now Turkey, but it also contained northern Iraq. And when the British defeated, when the Allies defeated the the Turks uh, after uh, World War One, and went in there and basically grabbed all the uh, the the uh, what do you call it the uh, the Arab provinces and eventually set them free. Uh, soon, quickly set them free. Uh, they they basically said, well, no, uh, this area, this what the Mosul province, it uh, I believe it was uh, that northern area. That's right. Uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of there still are Turkmen. Turkmen, yeah, there. ethnic That's Turks. Right. And he said, no, no, this they already knew at that point that it had oil, and they said, all right. We'll let we'll have, let this this so-called you know uh, uh, secular Turkish state you know we'll basically rewrite the tur- the the end of war treaty the, the with the Lausanne treaty and but you you can't have your oil and the Turks gritted their teeth and said okay uh, now they've never been talking about taking it back by force. But basically by having the Kurds up there running it and pumping the oil and pumping it through Turkey, it's the next best thing. I mean, they could always tell the Kurds, no need to ship this out. We'll buy oil you can pump, uh, which, which, is, which I think was just a pipe dream. They didn't want to offend you know, Saddam or anything like that or, or any or, or Arabs in general. But the Turks have always resented historically losing that province. That was the one area Plus, well, I think there were a few, uh, you know, with the Greek, Thessalonica, whatever, you know, that area in, in European, uh, uh, you know, Turkey. Uh, but that was, the, that was the gold mine or the oil patch, as it were, that they had. Uh, they were starting to thinking about developing and then boom, it's gone. And of well, course, all the, all those Kurds were considered to be just a, another subset of the the Mountain Turks, is what they tried to call the Kurds after a while, uh, you know, in eastern in eastern Turkey. So the the, the the Iraqi Kurds were never as how should I put it angry at the at the at the at the at the Kurds at the way the Syrians were against the the Arabs in Syria, the Syrian Kurds and the then the smaller number of uh, Iranian Kurds. Uh, 
And uh, so, you know, I think that that's that's a, that's on solid historical ground. This uh, this how should I put it? this willingness of the Kurds, the Turks, to work with some Kurds, and in, and as you point out, Erdogan basically stoked the fires again with the PKK. There was a peace deal for a while, um, and uh, he simply wouldn't give the the Kurds as much autonomy, you know, being able to use the Kurdish language in schools, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, come on, if the Canadians do it, do it for the French, they can do it for the Kurds. They've, they, there, there has been some uh, change on that, uh, on the cultural grounds. What here, uh, here I am going to sound like an apologist for Erdogan. I'm not, I mean, this is, this is, I I am not there. There is a hardcore remnant of the PKK. Yes, that still launches attacks in in South rare not not too often, but in, in inside Turkey, these guys haven't given up, uh, and suspicion. Who helps them? I don't believe it's from the you know Kurdish region of federal Iraq. Iran is comes to mind as uh, a possible source. They have not quite given up. And I've heard you say this before, uh, Jim, some of these hardcore radicals, they're never going to give up. Of course so, not. It's like any separatist organization. Even when it's defeated, it's going to take a generation or two for the, you know, the last embers to die out. It's basically old age is going to get them. The thing, thing is, the uh, I see enough uh, out of the uh, Iraqi Kurdistan. Let's let's all and you, 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 there's this sentiment throughout Iraq. We haven't talked about that in a while, but you know this ongoing anger at a corrupt government and and oh, yes. we can't. You know, you're not dealing. Part of the sentiment is you're not stopping the Iranian influence, and you guys know it. This is coming from Shia Arabs too, because yeah. they. They're the majority in Iraq. It's certainly coming from the Sunnis, and it's coming from uh, it's coming from the Kurds. They're sitting here saying, "We've got what the third biggest uh, proven oil reserves uh, on on the planet. Our crude's good, just like the Saudis. It's not like Venezuelan crude. And uh, even though America's now pumping all this other stuff, we have the basis." Of having a successful and wealthy country. On top of that, we're in the middle of the Middle East. We're in Mesopotamia, and we've got water. Now, I've I'm, I've synthesized a heck of a lot, but that is what you're you're getting out uh, out of the political disruption in, in Iraq right now. You have to sympathize with that, and you start looking who has an investment in keeping things on edge it's iran and it's the assads and maybe the russians well see that. again again it comes, it comes down to the problem with the with, with the, especially in iraq iraq was always one of the most corrupt areas uh, in the middle east no and that has always been their downfall so basically you know you tell them look you want to know who the real enemy is look in the mirror now a lot of them realize that but publicly they don't like to admit that they can't rule themselves properly, but that's what it comes down to. I mean, what the the riots that are going on now are basically against their own government for not, you know, we elect you people and then you steal from us. I mean, that's what the rioters are saying, and that's the truth. And there's no government wants to hear that. 
Right. Sounds a bit like Algeria, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and we're we're up against our time okay. limit, and okay. uh, so it's uh, time to wrap it up. And it uh, that part of the country or world is just going to continue to be a mess. <laughs> it's a never-ending story for right, us. Right, and it's probably a it's good thing where the let, U.S. Let, is let pulling their troops out. Let me make a suggestion, Dan. Let's revisit this topic in about eight months and see what happened with the buffer zone. All right, we'll do that. All right. Okay. We'll talk to you gentlemen later. Bye. Bye, guys.